And now, introducing the man who's offended to have gone three weeks without receiving an invite to be a guest on the Eli and Peyton Monday Night Football broadcast, as he alleged they are, quote, clearly afraid of my football intellect, good looks, and normal-sized forehead, unquote. After being pulled over by police for what they deemed to be suspicious activity, he insisted that not only were the contents of the U-Haul truck rented in his name not his, but he had, quote, never even seen a marijuana plant in his life, let alone 143 of them, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. It's not a lot better today. Um, I blame Justin Tucker still for all the, the yelling on Sunday. Your voice, you mean? Yeah. I thought you just meant life. Did you think I was talking I had no idea. I was a little concerned. Did you not hear it? I mean, it's, No, I don't listen to you. It's not great. Yeah, it's I don't listen. When you talk, I just kind of close off. I'm going to do my best to get through it. I still got a voice. Um, oh, thanks. That's that's good. You want that's some? That's good. Uh, yeah, if you can just inject some of that into my veins. Um, uh, it you know it, it's it's semi-functional and I'm I'm working with it and that's what we got and I apologize but um, I don't forgive you. You know it's again blame Justin Tucker it's his fault mostly and Leon Bridges J- blame Justin Tucker and Leon Bridges the combination of those two things in one day just uh, more than any man can ever 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 comprehend. Well, I heard he appreciated your bra at least. Well, I, it wasn't my bra. It was it was everything. It was the whole kit and caboodle, as they like to call it. Um, but we're here, and much to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Hi, I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. I guess I should say it's Glenn Clark Radio. If for some reason today is the first day you've ever found us, if that's the case, remarkable. Yeah, remarkable. Um, today's show is brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Program. All right, so I got some things I need to tell you about for tonight. I I announced this last night, and we're very excited about it. Tyus uh, has uh, corralled quite the special guest this evening. Adafe Owe is going to join us tonight at uh, the Bowman Restaurant on Hartford Road in Parkville for the Tyus Bowser Show, brought to you by Pressbox Grade 8's memorabilia and Express Exterior Design. That's amazing. That's very cool. Of course, uh, Adafe Owe is off to a great start in his rookie season, Ravens' first-round pick. Um, going to be a tremendous evening. You can find all of the rules for all of our shows by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. What are the rules? But there are some specific rules for tonight because of um, some arrangements that Tyus already has uh, professionally that we cannot infringe upon. Sorry, not Tyus. Adafe has professionally. Tyus, is, we're good to go there. Um, you will be able... To um, yeah. By the way, Matt Myers. Of course, I did. I did see Leon Bridges on Sunday night, and he was phenomenal, as you would expect. He was. Uh, he's incredible. He's a remarkable human being. So tonight, you will be able to come out. You will be able to meet both guys. You will be able to get pictures with both guys for free. You will be able to get an autograph from Tyus Bowser for free. There is one caveat to Adafe Owe signing autographs, which is because of another arrangement he has. Business-wise, he can only sign autographs if you make a $10 donation to charity. Which, by the way, I think is extraordinarily fair. Correct. Not only is fair, but considering that the particular charity that the $10 donation will be to... The Human Fund. It's not the Human (laughs) Fund, no. No, it's a real charity. Um, The Golden Fight Children's Cancer Foundation. And there is a pre-prepared 8 by 10 that he can sign for you if you make a $10 donation to the Golden Fight Children's Cancer Foundation. 
I would think that would be, again, a win-win. You get your autograph from Adafi Owe. The Golden Fight Children's Cancer Fund um, Foundation gets a little bit of money to put towards the incredible work that they're doing. I, I can't imagine a better combination of, uh, of, of thoughts there. That's, that's a huge, massive win. But again, pictures, no problem free, no issue there whatsoever. And you can, if you, for whatever reason, don't believe in donating $10 to a children's cancer foundation, that's, hey, that's your business. You can still get an autograph from Tyus Bowser. No problem whatsoever. So we're going to have a great night. We're going to be at the Bowman Restaurant on Hartford Road in Parkville for the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Adafe Owe. So looking forward to that. We will see you this evening for the Tyus Bowser program. Now, um, coming up on the show, we are going to chat with Tim Brando. Timmy B is calling Maryland, Iowa on Friday night in College Park. Big um, little game. Yeah, it's a decent little game. Two undefeated teams. Iowa, one of the top five teams in the country. We will uh, talk to Timmy B about all of that uh, in just a few minutes as Maryland could try to make a statement about whether or not maybe they are more of a threat to do something in the Big Ten than we would have expected them to be at this point in the year. So we'll do that. That game, of course, is on Fox Sports 1 Friday night. Um, a lot of hullabaloo. Like, we don't care about it as much because we're all wrapped up in the Ravens right now, but um, the University of Maryland, they've got this massive uh, game, biggest, biggest game in years on Friday night at 8 o'clock, and they're not opening the parking lots until 4. How, how early do say so there was like a big game, eight o'clock game at like Clemson? Is it uh, open at like ten I would, in the morning? I would, I would guess thing? they would probably yeah. figure out a way to like. Now it, it's a weird bit, right? Because it's a Friday game, and that's just a bizarre thing to begin with. And like they are still a school, and those same lots are used by students who have classes to go to. What are you prioritizing during learning? the course of the day? I know it's a crazy thought. So this this thing, this is where sometimes like we, because we our world revolves around sports. We stop considering that there's like real life issues that are involved. I do get the the concept, the thought process being, hey, look, it's the biggest game you've had in years. Maybe this one time you could consider being flexible a bit, perhaps canceling Friday afternoon classes in honor of this massive game. You're trying to establish yourself as a football program and what Mike Loxley is doing. You want to get behind that. Like I, I understand the thought process. And I'm not telling you that even in the bigger picture of life, it's the wrong thought process. I think a lot of schools that are fine schools would try to embrace it as like a school spirit moment and something to rally the entire community, something that everyone can get behind. But I also don't think it's that simple. I, it, it sucks that the Big Ten is obsessed with playing games on Friday nights, and this is what you get because of it. Like, that's a real bummer that the Big Ten is so obsessed with Friday night games and having a night where they're the big thing on TV. And so I like I, I get it. It's just Friday night's a terrible night for that. Um, that's That was the conference's decision, and you kind of get screwed in the process. If the game was at 3.30 on Saturday, this wouldn't be a problem. When would they open on a Saturday morning? If it was a 3.30 game. A 3.30 game, I would assume 8 a.m., and I assume it would be I, – I don't – I actually I genuinely don't know, but I also don't know that there's a time they would necessarily open – Versus it's Saturday, show up whenever you want. There's no classes on Saturdays. Like, there's nobody using the parking spots on Saturday for anything else. That's the problem. The parking spots they use for classes on a Friday. 
Um, will they revisit it during the week? I don't know. It's a whole different issue. I am. I, the only thing I would say is I think there are a lot of people that are making grand statements that are unwilling to consider that like there is still real life beyond football, and like universities are supposed to be for. Like, there's a lot of people paying a lot of money yep. to go to the University of Maryland to get an education, and I know that's crazy for us because we don't care about it if it doesn't impact us. But I do think it's real, and I think we get caught up in some of these things sometime and pretend that real folks. life doesn't exist. And this isn't necessarily Maryland's fault. They weren't the ones who wanted the game to be on a Friday night. That was the Big Ten. The Big Ten asked for that. Do I think that maybe one time they could make an exception and, and try to do something? Yeah, I think they could could probably consider that and what the ramifications of that would be. Like, could they maybe at least budge a little bit to make it, like, say, 2 o'clock instead of 4 o'clock? It's also a ter- Friday <laughs> afternoon trying to get to College Park. Yeah. It's awful. Not I mean, the best. Just awful. Awful. That awful, one little awful. bridge going into town. Um, you know bri- what I'm talking about? The bridge going into You get into off, I think it's off 95, thereabout. And there's that little, like, angled part. Traffic just backs all the way up on a... Well, it's not a bridge. I, I mean... It's like a drawbridge of sorts, isn't it? Dra- what are you talking about? I'm trying to about? talk about this little I don't, place. I genuinely don't know what you're talking it's about. It's, like, not right on the cusp. It's, like, a mile or so out of campus on that one a main stretch. Dr- a drawbridge? It might not be a drawbridge, but it's a, a funky little bridge. And it's, like, at an angle. Are you ta- on, You're saying on Route 1? I think so. I think so. I, I, I Whenever I have to get in that area... I'm well, always I mean, backed route, up there. Route one is always a mess. There's no doubt about it. But that's the my whole least area is already always a mess. Um, but that's a different thing. We're going to talk to Tim Brando about football and Maryland mm-hmm. and the direction they're headed in and the chance, classes. The chance. I probably won't bring up. I don't think Timmy B's got anything to do with the, with those decisions. Uh, but we'll talk to him about all that in Iowa too, of course, because it's a big game on Friday. Curves won this one. They're almost surely ranked. I mean, that would. I mean, I can't. <laughs> they're on the. They've had some votes. I think the past well, yeah, couple weeks, right? They would be the twenty seventh ranked team in the country That's if they big. continued to rank them past twenty five. They have the second most votes of anybody not in the top twenty five. It's just the whole thing. Um, Did you anyway. vote for them? Yeah, I don't. I didn't. You know, it's really funny. A couple years ago, the a, the local AP vote was going to be available again, and like there was a discussion about whether or not like I would want it. Maybe this is. Maybe it was maybe I think it when Dash gave up the basketball vote. I don't remember who had Chris DeShiel had the basketball mm-hmm. vote for a little while in the local market, and it, it, whatever the conversation was, I can't even remember who talked to me about whether or not. It, maybe it was getting I, it's gonna drive me nuts because it's this was a fleeting conversation, and I was like, dude, I do not watch nearly enough. Like I would be as much as I love college basketball and as much as I love college football, like I I enjoy both sports. I would be a fraud. I mean, it would be an utter. It would be a sham. For me to be the voter, because Lord knows I'm not watching Fresno State play Hawaii on That Saturday. makes one of us. I'm not watching. When I was a young man and when I was looking for a, a game that was still on at 3 in the morning when I got back from the bar, I watched a lot of Fresno State and Hawaii. Um, but there's no chance you're going to catch me watching the Arizona-Utah game on a Saturday night or whatever the third, the Wednesday night Mac game is or anything along those lines. I, I would It would be utterly fraudulent for me to be a voter. It would be like... Everybody, all Ravens fans this week are panicked about the fact that like a bunch of uh, Bill Simmons and Mike Golick mm-hmm. are on their respective podcasts saying Lamar Jackson didn't look good because they clearly did not watch sure. the game and only read over a box score and like saw that his completion sixteen for thirty one yeah was barely over fifty percent. So Ravens fans are losing their minds about it. Well, like again, this is this is as much on you as it's on them. Like 
they're getting paid to do something they're not qualified to do. And it's no offense to Bill Simmons. Bill, Bill Simmons has become a bit of a caricature. Like he, he did some good things in media. Not as a writer. He was an awful writer. No, but he asserted um, good he, talent at a time. And correct. And, and the 30 for 30 thing was a sure. great idea. Like th- There was some positives about Bill Simmons that I don't know how you weigh them against the many negatives related to Bill Simmons. I don't, I've never sure. really done a deep dive on the Bill Simmons. Lucky for you, I have. Um, so, you know, like that's that's a whole thing. It's a different conversation. But... Some if you're willing to listen to Bill Simmons, knowing he didn't watch the games, that's on you, man. That's not on him. It it's like you being willing to listen to all of these Johnny Big Mouths that have no idea what they're talking about or will just say anything to get you to pay attention. That's not you can be mad at them. It's not on them. It's on you. You're paying attention. You're sharing the videos. You're giving it sunlight instead of tuning in to someone who actually watches the games. That's your choice. That's your call. But you're mad at the wrong person. You're mad at somebody that nobody has the ability to watch 16 football games on a Sunday. It's crazy. They can peek in at them. There's somebody who has 16 TVs. They can do. They're not actually watching the games. Actually, you would only need. I know they only are playing more than more than yeah, probably nine at the same time. Something like that. There is no ability to actually watch all of those games. That's impossible, and you're insane for thinking that it is. But you get what you get if you're going to that for Ravens analysis. If you're turning to a Sunday night recap show that Bill Simmons does to get your analysis of the Baltimore Ravens, that's on you. That's on you, man. I don't know how we got here. I don't remember. Talking about lying about voting. What? Being a fraud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, would be, I would be that guy. I would be Bill Simmons if I was the AP voter in town. I, I mean, I would be. I would just be the reality of it. I got lost there on a, you did, on a whole tangent you? because of Bill Simmons. Also, later on in the program, uh, Jim Callis is going to join us. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about uh, how things could go in the draft. Um, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo did a combined mock draft recently. For what it's worth, they did not have Elijah Green going number one. They had some. Who had the number one pick in their mock draft? They didn't do that. They Ooh. just listed the players. I want to know who they think is going to lose more. Uh, they had. Do, 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 they did it. They did it on a, a, a podcast. No, they had Brooks. How oh, that'd be quite interesting. Brooks Lee is um, the shortstop at Cal Poly. Interesting. So the the second pick, they didn't have Elijah Green going until number five. The you know second, who had the number five pick this year? That, the Baltimore Orioles did. I don't think they're going to have the number five pick next year. Uh, the second pick was a high school shortstop named Termar Johnson. The next one was Drew Jones, who is the son of Andrew Jones, the uh, uh, legendary former outfielder. Won't do it. Uh, Van- uh, Vanderbilt commit the first pitcher to go off the board was number four, Dylan Lesko, and then Elijah Green. I mean, look, there's like number five. the strikeout rate, and then the position is uh, he's an outfielder, corner outfielder, right? Like, so you got um, the bat's got to be prodigious. That's not that's not potentially a center fielder. A lot think? of people think he's a center fielder. Right. A lot of people think he is. I actually did have a short conversation with Elijah Green recently. I'm probably going to end up writing about him for the next print issue of Press Box. Unfortunately, not something that we're going to be able to do on the show. It's get it his young kid and you know like he's being protected a little bit and that's okay um that's okay we might be able to share a little bit of the audio perhaps on the show at some point it's it's what it is but i'm gonna write about elijah green a little bit in the um 
in the uh, in the next print issue of Press Box is going to be the plan. After I had a very a short conversation with him recently, uh, very neat kid. Really uh, enjoyed the conversation. Really enjoyed the chat. And maybe if if he does look more and more as though he could end up being a Baltimore Oriole at some point, uh, we'll be able to have him on the show. Um, so yeah, we'll chat with Jim Callis about how much one versus two matters and whether it would be an utter disaster for the Orioles should they. Uh, Brian Powell, man, you know what? I wanted to do this today. Damn it. It was actually a pretty good one. Brian Powell had a suggestion. I put out a different topic for the day, but Brian Powell actually had a a decent suggestion for, he kind of treated it more as a would you rather. And so maybe we'll hold it for tomorrow. But the thought was like, would you rather ruin the Red Sox season or guarantee yourself the number one pick? And like, you don't have to ask me that question ever. There is no debate about that. Mm -hmm. I do. Winning a game against the Red Sox this week would be poison to me. Like, I do not give a rat's ass about that. I could not give a flying F. Um, you can all... I mean, I'll always have 2011. Yeah, you, you guys, you guys, you know, freak out about that moment. It's the to anniversary me, of that night, it, I believe. It is, the 10th anniversary. Yeah. To me, it's almost sad. It, I mean, it's not almost sad. It's very sad the way that you guys treat that moment. Not because it wasn't, like, sort of a neat baseball thing, and not because I don't think Robert Andino shouldn't have been trying. Of course, he should have been trying. And I don't even remember what the ramifications were back in 2011. It wasn't for, for the number one pick. It certainly was not. It's not nearly the same. Also, they got Machado, though. No, that was not that year. It was no, 2012, it was who did they draft? I couldn't. I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I just don't remember. It might have been one of the pitchers. I would assume so. It might have been Bundy. Maybe. Maybe. 2012 MLB draft. Here we go. This is the way that we should be spending our time this morning. This is the stuff that matters. The 2012. It was Gosman. It was Gosman. You know, he's a Cy Young candidate. You know, he's turned out to be quite good, for what it's worth. He's turned out to be well worth a number four overall pick in a draft. By the way, the top, uh, that was Carlos Correa, Byron Byron Buxton, Mike Zanino, Kevin Gosman, the top four picks in that draft. Decent little string stuff for Zanino. Can't even hit over 200. You say that, but Zanino's been. He's OPS over 800, despite hitting like 200. they've, They've all been quality major league players, all four of them. And I don't know that every draft. not in Baltimore. Unfortunately, not any of them. Well, Kevin Gosman certainly had moments. Yeah, he had moments where he was a quality major Not really a full season ever for them. No, but he had moments. It would be unfair for me to say he was never a quality You know what they could have done? Baltimore. Had him throw his change up more. That probably would have been a good idea. I probably would have done that, too. All right. uh, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. I threw out a, a think tank topic for today uh, before we talk to Timmy Brando I'll just share it with you I want to get your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter now that we've had a day to just revel in the kick now that we've done gotten all of that out of us now that we've done all that I do want to know where you are between I'm I'm concerned about how the Ravens played on Sunday versus no, I'm not all that worried about it because of the drops and the fact that the Ravens were so depleted um, because of the COVID issues. I'm not because all that. Because they still have Lamar Jackson. Right. I'm not really all that concerned about how they played on Sunday. I want to know where you are between those two things. And, you know, I've already gotten from one person. Somebody would say, hey, look, the result definitely has an impact on it. It's way easier to have perspective when you win a football game than it is when you lose a football game, even if you win it by an essential miracle like i i certainly understand that but that's what i want to know at glenn clark radio on twitter that's the way for you to get in today share your thoughts we'll talk about it as the show goes on um this morning at glenn clark radio on twitter 
where are you between concern for how the Ravens played, the fact that they needed an essential miracle in order to win that game, versus, hey, look, you were depleted due to the COVID thing. Marquise Brown dropped like 100 balls that were perfectly thrown. I'm not all that worried about it. They should have won going away. It's not that big of a deal. Goofy things happen in football. Just want to know where you are. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in the program. Right now, we're going to talk a little more about a big game on Friday night on Fox Sports 1. Maryland hosting Iowa, two undefeated teams. Of course, Iowa, top five team. Maryland just outside the top 25 this week. Joining us now, he's one of our favorites. He will be on the call for Friday's game alongside Spencer Tillman. He's uh, Mr. Timmy B himself, the great Tim Brando, and he joins us now here on GCR. Tim, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks, Glenn. Happy to do it. Yes, I'm headlong into my homework this morning, so you're my you're my final stop before burying myself in, in video and uh, and some uh, paperwork. So thanks for giving me a, a little bit of a reprieve, a, re- a respite. <laughs> sure, I, I you know yeah. I, I I feel I've never I've never done play by play on your level, but I know exactly what you're talking about, Tim, as far as homework's yeah. concerned. Um, Tim, obviously, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, this is the biggest game in college. I know you were here for the Penn State game a couple years ago, and that was that was a great atmosphere. And you know, you you wanted to try to buy in a little bit. Obviously, that game went yeah, terribly for Maryland. Of course, yeah, uh, it did it not did. go their way. But I, it's it's real this time, right? Like it, you really do get the sense that Mike Loxley has built something. He has a tremendous quarterback. They genuinely seem to have a chance to be competitive against Iowa on Friday night. They do. I do, and, and I think a lot. A lot of it stems from the fact that Iowa would appear to be, at least on paper, to a lot of pundits, uh, a team that struggles offensively. But they they know who they are offensively. Okay, I will tell you, there's more in their in their bag of tricks than maybe they've uh, allowed people to see just yet. And and uh, we saw some signs of that against a very competitive physical football team, Colorado State, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Maryland, if, as I look at them, beyond Tonga Vailoa, I don't know that a lot of people know anything about them, okay? And, and if they did, I think they'd be ranked. I, I think it's a crime that they didn't crash the top 25 and that Clemson's still in. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be a top 25 team. I'm frankly a little disappointed in the AP. Uh, uh, because that, I think they've earned that right. I mean, to do what they've done, you can make a great case that, you know, to win the last one the way they did tells you a little something about them. And uh, that was the thing. Uh, and remember, Loxley was in the very beginning of, of his career. Uh, the last time we came in there for a blackout with Penn State, uh, this is different. You know, his, his culture has had a few years, and they've gone through – you know, a COVID season, which I think really bonds a lot of teams. That's one of the things that's happening in college football now, uh, Glenn, in my view, is we've seen a lot of teams that have been in the middle of the pack or maybe even the back of the pack uh, take some significant steps uh, in the right direction because of the fact that they're now together a little bit longer, they know each other better, and they've improved and stockpiled talent with, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal, uh, and with the advent of uh, super seniors that were granted another year of eligibility. So I, I think it's really flattened uh, the curve in college football. And, 
And it's one of the reasons that the, the so-called dominant teams don't appear to be as dominant. Sure. And there's a competitive balance in the game that uh, that has been dominated by four or five teams since the college football playoff began seven years ago. Tim, I feel like there's two other factors here, too, for Maryland. One, of course, being, you know, they're, they have a quarterback, and it's not something that they, we've had in College Park for a long time. Um, take nothing away from some of the young men that have been here, but a guy that's that's perhaps an NFL talent, you know, we're going back as far as Scott McBrien and Sean Hill to talk about that type of player. How impressed have you been by Talia? Um, he's athletic. He makes great throws. He makes good decisions. He's, he's throwing for 300 yards a game. Obviously, it helps to have the unbelievable wide receiver talent that he has. But how impressed have you been? And, and should he be getting more attention on the national level as – you know, I know we're it's, we're four games into the season. I don't want to try to get carried away and start talking about him as like right. a, a dark horse Heisman candidate or something like that. Right. But right. like for what he's doing, should he be getting more attention nationally? Well, that'll start this week. You know, if you look at Friday, uh, much as was the case with the Penn State game, uh, there's really nothing else out there. I think there's one other game out in an FBS league that starts an hour after our game starts. This is clearly, I think, the biggest weeknight game that we've had since the opening week when, when Minnesota played Ohio State. This is, a, this is a game the entire Big Ten will be watching, and most of the country will be watching that loves college football. Without question, the betting public yeah, <laughs> will, no doubt. will be watching. I'm oftentimes asked, um, gosh, you're doing a Friday game. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love doing Friday games, especially when it's uh, teams that are ranked or undefeated. And I get to be home in time to watch all the games on Saturday. You know, the smorgasbord that is college. I'm, I miss being at home sometimes on Saturday. So I'm thrilled. Spencer feels the same way. We're both thrilled to be there. This is the game that's standalone that will give Tonga Vailoa uh, an opportunity to to get the kind of love that you're talking about. And And that's not lost on the players. You know, when you visit with these guys, and I've had the good fortune of being able to do that, in preparation for games, you, you can sense it, you know, that they know that this is their moment. And, um, and this is going to be his and, and, and for Maryland as a program, the same is true. You know, that was a, that was a big missed opportunity they had uh, with Penn state when we were last there. And I'm sure that's something that it might even be used as a motivating tool mm-hmm. uh, for, for them as a program. Coach Loxley is, is I think good at that. So, uh, and Iowa is a tried and true, uh, powerful program that has uh, been stabilized under the, the guy with the longest tenure in FBS, Kirk Barons, and he's been through quite a lot. And, and even during COVID, he went through quite a bit at this time last year. As you know, uh, there were issues within his program that yep. he had to address with his his strength and conditioning yeah, coach, time. who was a rock star there. And he and he got through that. He navigated his way through it. And uh, uh, began a uh, you know he began a, a leadership council within his football program uh, with the players the the leaders of the team so and they're solid man this defense for Iowa is I think the best defense uh, in college football outside of Georgia Georgia's got the best defense in the country it's why they're number two sure but Iowa's defense is just stout they uh, they specialize in getting tackles for losses on first down, having teams play behind the chains. And they also do an incredible job in terms of uh, the turnover ratio and big-time turnovers in scoring position to leave a short field 
for their offense. Over and over again, they do that. Got a lot of super seniors in that secondary, guys like Hankins, guys like uh, Jack Kerner, um, and uh, Justin Jacobs. Uh, uh, this is um, uh, is an outstanding – I think the battle here is going to be Tonga Vailoa's ability with those incredible receivers matched up against arguably – uh, the best secondary in the country, certainly the best secondary in the Big Ten. So, so you know, if he comes out and plays really well, really well on Friday night, then he should definitely be in all of these conversations. Is what we're talking. No doubt about, about it. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he is Tim Brando, of course. Friday night, Fox Sports One from Maryland and Iowa. Tim, the the other factor to me is is Mike Loxley himself, right? Like, is someone who wanted this job. This wasn't, you know, I, I'll I'll take a job to try to go get the job I really want. This is the job that I have dreamed of. This is the job that I want to have forever, and and who cares so desperately about this place and wants so badly for Maryland to become something significant as far as football is concerned. Um, knowing what you saw from him, obviously, you know, what happened at New Mexico was a disaster, but what you saw from him when he arrived at Alabama and how that changed him, are you surprised by how quickly he seems to have, you know, th- th- Maryland was a doormat. Like, we got to be realistic about what this program has yeah. been. It's been non-existent, yeah. and I'm not trying to suggest they're ready to go win the Big Ten or something like that just yet, but are you surprised by how quickly he has, he has stabilized this Maryland program at least, or did you expect that after his stint with Nick Saban in Alabama? No, I expected it. And, and you know, if you think back, the, the early hiccups, the problems that he had, the reason the Penn State game went, you know, south on him really quickly was what? what? It was a, a quarterback problem. You know, yep. he had a Virginia Tech transfer yep. that he thought, you know, could could be better than he actually was. Uh, if I mean, I remember doing basketball games uh, there when uh, Jalen Hurts was was on yeah, an official correct. That's right. visit. Remember that? Yep. I mean, if he had gotten Jalen, I mean, think about that. What a difference that might have made. You know, when you're trying to um, shoehorn together a team quickly uh, to start your career, you know, there's some hit and there's some miss. And, there, you know, his only suffering uh, came from some of the misses that he made in terms of assembling a team uh, with skilled position players, many of whom were going to be transfers. That's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, <laughs> that happens to everybody in college football. Now, uh, through recruiting, and he's as, uh, he's as aggressive a recruiter as you're going to find, and he certainly knows that area, which is filled with talent, untapped resources, really, and I think he's always felt that way. No, I, I am not surprised at all. Uh, and the relationships that he's had, and let's face it, uh, the Tonga-Vailoa opportunity comes because of uh, so much of what he did and, and uh, the foundation of, of spending time with the coach's whisperer, Nick Saban, who, who you know, we, we see these guys littered throughout college football, whether it's Sark at Texas or uh, the Lane Train uh, in Oxford who gets to play Alabama yep. or a guy like Loxley. Um no, I, and you know the Big Ten is a league that that uh, has programs like Wisconsin, like Iowa that play old school small ball. You know they want to get you in a phone booth and limit the number of uh, opportunities you have at possession, possessing uh, the football to have fewer possessions in a game. You know Maryland flies in the face of that with a completely different approach, and I think that's one of the things that's going to make this so much fun. The game. The tempo of the game, the pace of the game, who will control that? Uh, because these are contrasting styles. 
So, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. I expected this to happen. Uh, the faux pas that occurred early and shortly after that loss to Penn State, I think were to be expected when you're trying to assemble a team that quickly. But you see also the, the, the fruits of his labor as it relates to transfers and also contacts and recruiting with the current success that he has. And, look, I think uh, this is this is only the, the uh, tip of the iceberg, I think, for the success that the Terps have in store for them. Uh, we hoping we are hoping that you are dead on about that, Timmy B, because that would be unbelievable. <laughs> um, hey, Timmy, because I have you, if I could, just you know, the college yeah. football landscape as a whole. Obviously, we know um, more changes coming. Oklahoma and Texas, the SEC, the Big Twelve brings in a bunch of teams, and you know, with, with where the playoff is going, and mm-hmm. and and I'm. I don't want to overreact to any of it because, you know, we've had – Maryland was in the ACC for forever, and they've they, – right. it's not – it hasn't ruined college football or college sports uh, that Maryland has gone to the Big Ten. But are, are you at all um, apprehensive about what appears to be more of a push to establishing sort of the haves and the have-nots, that, that there's that – it looks more and more as though there's going to be a tightening around – 30 40 teams whatever it is that say look we're we're just playing on a different level and we want to keep all of the money that we're making and we don't want to share it with you guys and you know are, are, does any of that concern you at all moving forward in college football you know to the contrary i i think that entire narrative is is off base okay and i and i think it's uh propagated by those that are are doomsayers that believe college football is um it has always been its own worst enemy. And, and it's a, it's just such a shame that that's the case. College football needed these changes. Okay. It has been uh, the least progressive of, of uh, sports in America outside of maybe major league baseball. Uh, and, and the presidents of these universities now at long last are listening to the leadership to some extent. And what the leadership has found is that we need to shake things up. You know, Greg Sankey has been roundly uh, vilified uh, for for adding Texas and Oklahoma. And what was he doing? He was doing something that was progressive. He was doing something that he felt ensured his league as being the best in college football for the short and long term. And in doing so, uh, he set the dominoes to fall that the rest of these conferences had better understand, especially during this era of uh, NIL. And this era of, um, of, uh, of you know, transfer portal and player rights, that you better ha- step it up or it's going to pass you by. The Big 12 didn't fold. A lot of people in the media predicted that it would. No, it's not only did it not fold, it's added BYU. They'll get them in a year. They'll get UCF and, and Houston uh, uh, you know, in Cincinnati out of the American Conference in another couple of years. So they're going to be fine. Uh, the ACC, I, I feel like Jim Phillips is now over there saddled with a bad television deal for 12 more years because uh, the presidents of that league wanted a, a network with their name on it to try to keep up with the Joneses, and they're still not making enough money. He's got to find a way to build it through. Now we've seen what? Those three conferences form an alliance. Why did they form an alliance? To form a voting block to make sure that Sankey who took charge by doing what he did in poaching Oklahoma and Texas. They don't want him to control things. Well, we're going through growing pains here, Glenn. That's what's happening. And for in, in, the, in the history of sports in our, our country, you have to go through some of these hurt feelings and, 
and, and problems to actually get where you want to go. NIL is going to cost college football a lot. And the reason why we have to expand to 12 is because we have to have greater television inventory and we have to stop leaving money on the table. Uh, and, and college football is the second most popular sport in America in terms of television ratings. All the metrics point to that. They've been leaving a lot of money on the table for a long time. People in the media, Glenn, a lot of them are impacted by so much of this narrative that comes really from those in and around the workforce in a sport and, and electronic media dominated by one force. And I don't need to tell you who that is. Mm-hmm. I spent nine years working at ESPN. And I wouldn't be where I am today were it not for the time that I spent there. Okay? But here's the truth. The truth is college football is going to grow, but it's not going to grow to 12 until this uh, opportunity between the, uh, the leaders of the different factions and conferences unify. And they're not close to unifying right now, which means the TV deals of the future are going to orchestrate the financial growth of college football. And in the future, it'll be more than one television entity that controls college football's fate in the postseason so that they can make billions of dollars, not millions of dollars. It's tried and true. Pete Rozelle utilized it beautifully in the NFL. What happened to networks that lost the NFL? In uh, recent years, Glenn, oh, it, they, yeah, they knew they had right. to they raced, back. they raced back quickly, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, and, and so all college football needs to do is, get, is attract more than one entity for its future. And that's where everyone you talk to is saying, people in this room, the room of movers and shakers are saying, you know what, we're leaving money on the table, and we need to find a way to get more than one interest from one company in the future of college football's growth. I mean, I, Timmy, I hear everything you're saying, um, and and I, this is the only. I hope, I hope that doesn't leave Navy off the table, right? Like that. It's just my only. I hope that there's. Well, I don't think you need to worry about okay. that. I mean, I really don't. Okay. The Big Twelve the people people had the Big Twelve dead and buried. Okay. Oh, we're gonna go to sixteen four sixteen teams. The Big Twelve's dying. No, they're not. Big Twelve didn't die. My God, BYU is an international. No, sure, brand. no question, no question. And I mean, since and they got the best teams out of the Americans. So Mike Oresco's got to go get the best teams from elsewhere. We're we're not going to see other pro. You're going to be playing twelve games, and you're going to have to have those teams that are out of the so-called FBS group of five. Now you're going to have to have a couple of those teams on your schedule in order for college football to continue. Uh, the the death of um, the so-called group of five is really overrated here. Overstated and overrated. It's going to be fine. Trust me. All right. I'm going to choose to believe you, Tim Brando. I'm going to choose to believe you, and, uh, and we will continue to revisit <laughs> this conversation over the years. Friday night, Fox Sports 1, Maryland, Iowa, at Tim Brando on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. Tim, is there anything else I can plug for you, sir? No, I'm good. <laughs> Timmy, I, I always you. I appreciate your passion. I uh, can't wait to have you in College Park on Friday night. Look for, looking forward to it a great deal. Thank you so much, as always, for taking if the time. If you're there, stop by and say hello. We'll do it for sure. You. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Tim Brando. Um, look, there's few people in the world that love college football the way that Tim Brando loves college football. I think everybody knows that. Um, I hope he's right. I hope he's right. But, you know, when when the the American is being raided and they're losing some of their top programs, I'm I'm going to be concerned about that. Um, 
know, I, 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 someone who cares about Navy football and don't want to see them be left off the table at any point. So that's it. That's it. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. There are still a couple of days left in September, and so you can still take advantage of the back-to-school special. But if I were you, I would call immediately 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. You'll get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. The number goes on forever. It's eternal. No matter how many windows you get, if you are looking to stockpile windows... If you think that there's going to be a nuclear situation in the future and what we're going to need in order to survive it is windows. Go get as many as you would like. If you buy 1,000, you're getting 1,000 free. If you buy 20,000, you're getting 20,000 free. If you buy 36 million, you're getting 36 million free. It's a lot of windows. It's a lot of windows. I don't know where you're putting them all, but I'm not well, here to judge. the apocalypse will determine that. Correct. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm not here to judge how it is that you live your life. Now... If you're buying a more reasonable number of windows, or again, any number whatsoever, um, you'll get 0% interest for 24 months as well. But you only have a few more days to take advantage of this back-to-school special with Window Nation. Again, windownation.com or 866-90-NATION. When we come back in, oh, by the way, the mayor of Salisbury is going to join us this morning. Uh, That's usual. Yeah, typical thing, uh, typical thing that happens. The mayor of Salisbury is going to join us because he did the jump uh, today that I'm going to do tomorrow. He survived. With the Army Golden Knights parachute Presumably. Team. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Maybe I should have done it today. <laughs> Maybe I made a mistake in picking the day. Um, mayor Jake Day is the mayor of Salisbury, and he is going to join us in the 11 a.m. hour to tell us a little bit more uh, about what it is that I'm doing, <laughs> frankly, and and why? And and he's all geeked up about it, apparently. So Mayor Jake Day, the mayor of Salisbury, is going to check in with us a little bit later on this Kate morning. Kate Winslet, well. right? Was the mayor of Salisbury? It was the show on HBO. Oh, right? the mayor yeah. of Easttown. I see what you did there. Yeah, a little bit different. A little bit different, I think. All right, uh, we're going to get into uh, today's Think Tank topic next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. 
once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. PressBox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at glenn clark radio 21st century talk radio at glennclarkradio.com all right back in here on gcr today's program also brought to you by your local toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com make the most out of every day in a toyota rav4 it's available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today Hell of a day for the NBA yesterday, by the way. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheesh. I don't know what you're talking about. Sheesh. I got nothing else to say about it. Just a, just a hell of a day. Hell of a day for the NBA. All right. Oh, boy, that sounds that good. good. That sounded that really, really good. really good. I'm trying to go deep in order to find something for my voice today. How'd that go? Not great. Not great at all. All right. Um, think Tank topic today. I want to know where you are between these two things, between concern about how the Baltimore Ravens played in narrowly getting past the Detroit Lions on Sunday, thanks to a minor miracle, maybe even more than minor miracle, versus, no, I'm not all that concerned. They figured out a way to win a game on a day where they were completely depleted by COVID and... um, you know, you can throw in the fact that there were all these drops from Hollywood Brown and, you know, I, I, I'm I not all that worried about it. I just want to know where you are between those two things. Um, let me share some responses, then we'll talk about it a little bit more. So, well, no, we normally do it the other way, don't we? Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll let you go first. I mean, I'm in the context of the Ravens being Super Bowl contenders. I'm concerned. Okay. Um, namely, but, but I, because of Sunday, or not as much about that's, the game that's itself. What I'm, that's what I'm but trying to get. But the developments, like from what we hear about the Ronnie Stanley stuff, that's continued, and uh, the stoking of the fire in that regard, as to it being not just a multi-week absence, but potentially maybe, maybe. as long as a season-long maybe absence. Um, that said, you've been 
generally pleased, I guess, from the left guard play and the center play over the last couple of games. Um, uh, through the first three games, PFF says Bradley Bozeman is the highest-graded Raven. Again, yeah, you, sure. know, you know what grain I say. Salt, sure. Take it with an absolute grain of salt. And I'm, I'm not trying to say I think Bradley Bozeman has played poorly. I, I don't. Right. You expect the return for Sean Bateman should help the offense as far as the receiving core is concerned, though the receiving core hasn't even been the biggest issue for this team in the first three weeks. I would say the tackling was pretty poor on Sunday. They do have issues covering running backs and tight ends still give them some issue, though Chuck Clark certainly was good against the Lions. It's a it's a tricky thing, right? Like the Ravens have in the past played down to their opponents when they play bad teams, more in the Joe Flacco era than the Lamar Jackson era. The Lamar Jackson era has largely been handily beating opponents that they should beat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes handily beating even the good teams. Now, the Lamar Jackson era has also featured backfields that were a bit more dependable than their current group. I think there was some cryptic tweet from Le'Veon Bell yesterday where he was putting making, the gif of a guy. Making it seem like he was ready might be to... Raised yeah. the active roster, and who knows, right? That would no. certainly be an interesting addition if he could be 70% of what he was in Pittsburgh. I might try and put a pick him pick him up in free agency and fantasy football just on the off chance that you I get know, it. But, but it's nothing more than speculation at this point. So the confidence that I felt after week two, where it was they can beat any team, mm-hmm. I still feel that, but I'm a little bit more apprehensive about the notion that they could still lose to any team. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let me go through some of these from uh, Jay. Jay says, the drops and missed tackles need to be addressed. Stop the shoulder shove tackle ball strip stuff and start wrapping up. Concentrate on catching balls before running upfield. So I I do think that the tackling side of things, unrelated to the players that were available Mm -hmm. in Sunday's game, is an extraordinarily fair concern. And the fact that we're dealing with this, particularly with Patrick Queen, is not something that I can dismiss whatsoever. What on the street is inside linebackers are supposed to be good at tackling. Yes, if and particularly if you're not like overwhelmingly great at other things, you better be really good at tackling. It better be your strength. Um, I don't think that's something that I dismiss. Now, is it going to doom the Baltimore Ravens? Is it going? You know, I'm not. I'm not going to be hyperbolic about what it means, but. I'm not going to dismiss that concerning. either. It is extraordinarily concerning. More concerning than the receiver stuff, I think, ultimately. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. From Matt Myers, I dismiss that performance. Tough road game after an emotional win. Four players go on the COVID list, including three significant contributors. And if Brown doesn't put the ball on the turf over and over, it's a blowout in the first half and Huntley gets some snaps. I don't know about the Huntley part, but I hear you. Maybe. I, don't, I, you know, it, I said I don't know. Right. I mean, it, it, if you continue to give up points in the second half the way they did, I don't know if Huntley ever gets in the game or not. But, yeah, I hear you. From Antonio, I don't feel like they played their best game. Many things went into that. I think they we're underestimating the adversity this team has faced all in one month. The days of guaranteed wins are no more when your team is so unhealthy, but they can beat anybody. Margin for error is lower. Paul from Ovilando, overall taking into account the key members of the defensive line that were out, along with others on offense that have been out since the season started, it alleviated most of my concern. However, I'm a bit concerned about the linebacker play with Queen flying around but seeming to miss a lot of tackles each 
week. Villanueva wasn't as good this week as he was the week prior, for what it's worth. Uh, no. And McCarry, I don't think, was quite as good this week as he was the prior week. I mean, Lamar, to his credit, was very good in the pocket. He was very good in the pocket. moving around, yeah. finding time, and being comfortable when there was pressure in his face. Um, Sean, the Ravens could have easily blown them out if not for the drops. Um, I lo- But I love that uh, Tucker now holds the record, so I'm fine with how the game went. From Reggie, Reggie says, It seems like the Ravens try to work on their passing game versus sorry teams. It, it's sort of comparable to kind of what I said yesterday, which is this, like, in case of emergency break last thought that they have related to Lamar running. Like, we're going to try to do something else, and if that doesn't work, then we'll turn to Lamar running. Now, if that's the case, and I'm not telling you that it is, but if that were the case, they damn near ran out of time before they figured it out or mm-hmm. before they, they never really figured it out. They never really got to a steady dose of Lamar Jackson running the football as the game went on, or in, in not even a steady dose, an acceptable dose of Lamar Jackson running the football as the game went on. That being said, um, I'd like to hope, God, I would like to hope that they don't have any of those thoughts, that they don't say, it's the Lions, we can just do this. I, I refuse to believe it, frankly. I know somebody would say, you're naive, and... Football coaches are humans too, and they see things and they think things, and they prepare in different ways for every. I I hear you. I refuse to believe knowing football coaches the way that I know them, the priority in their mind every week is win the game, and how much they should win by, and whether they should be covering, and th- those thoughts largely at the NFL level don't enter their mind. It, in the college level, some of that exists, right? In the college level, there's some of if we don't win this game by four touchdowns, this is a disappointment. In the NFL, there's far less of that. Not saying it doesn't exist or there isn't a thought or anything along those lines, but it's just far less. So I'm choosing not to believe that they have a different game plan for the Lions than they do related to them being bad versus just the personnel that are on the field and what it is their tendencies are and what they expect. From those teams, I refuse Lions to Lions aren't exactly that. exemplary in the secondary, and it's not as if they presented, you know, I would imagine that the game plan in general, I mean, the Broncos are pretty good on all levels, it appears. Yep. But, you know, the secondary for the Lions is not the secondary for the Broncos. Um, from RH, RH says the O-line needs to step their game up. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. I, how much... What can you reasonably expect out of this group? I don't know. Interior, they've probably played about as well as could be expected. The two tackles. You know, Nick Boyle's return will be helpful whenever that is. Certainly would be very helpful, and, and we await with bated breath, breath whatever news there will be about Ronnie Stanley in the coming days and weeks. We will, we will find out. Everything is just wild speculation, mm-hmm. so it's not something that's sort of worthy of dissecting even further. There's been no indication he'll be returning this week. Oh, absolutely no indication of that. There's no doubt about it. Uh, And from Chris, Chris says, nope, I think a lot of people want to overreact to it, forgetting that this is the NFL. This is the way that things go sometimes when you play on the road. Things can be more challenging than you expect them to be. The Ravens figured out a way to win the game anyway. I think they will be okay. Obviously, this week will be another tough test. It won't be the end of the world, even if they were to lose this. Well, sure, it won't be the end of the world. There's we hope not. Belie- I mean, I 
We don't know exactly what I'm powers out, that be. I'm you know? jumping out of a plane tomorrow, so... Make sure you get your windows, you know? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the end of the world is. Um, no, I mean, I hear you. I hear what you're trying to say. I... No, it would not be the end of the world if the Ravens lost a road game to the, the Broncos. I think the Ravens could the still Broncos be. Broncos might be a legit uh, team for all they, we know. They like, might be. They might be. We, we have no idea as of right now. They've through three weeks against really bad teams, but the defense appears to be good. The Bridgewater appears to be at the very least capable. I was so. trying to. I was uh, power rankings will be up shortly at pressboxonline.com. I was trying to come up with an analogy for a team being three and zero but having defeated the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars to do it, and like. I really struggled with it. I came up with, and I admitted to him, I struggled with it. Like, what if you were told you were getting free food for a month? You'd be pretty excited about that, right? Like, all your food's taken care of for a month? Mm-hmm. What if they then told you it was from IHOP? I would still take it. I mean, of course, you would still take it. That's the point. I like, IHOP's decent. It's, it's, Sometimes like, it's very, they got very, quite a, they got very difficult because, like, you never know if they want to. Spend some money with us. I'm Team Pancake for what Going to disagree about it being decent. Pancake is my top in the power ranking of breakfast uh, oh, bread silly. dishes. That's silly. Waffles are fine. Waffles are French toast is are, fine. Are definitely the winner there. The pancake Although is about none of them are still. good. Um, I disagree. Uh, the point being that like it's it's food. It's it's something. It's not nothing. You're not going to say no. You got a big menu. You're too. not going to refuse it. Yeah, but it, it's, you get something different every day. Yeah. Are you offering this? I'll take it. No, no I'm going to pa- pass on offering that. But that's my point. My point being, like, yes, they're they're three and zero. Oh, and to your point, maybe you'll find out you really love IHOP as the month goes on. Maybe as the month goes on, you'll be like, eh, people are crazy. This IHOP, it's okay. You just get drunk every night, and you'll wake up happy. Yeah, right. Correct. It's all you could ask for in your life at that point. Um, but you know what you're getting into when you realize your free foods from IHOP. That's the best I could do for an analogy. Pancakes, baby. Thank you. They're burgers now. I don't know if you heard. They're, yeah, well, they're for a month your, na- they were, your yeah. neighborhood your neighborhood burger establishment. I would get a burger one day. Sure. In I, the month, I, you know. I think it's all free at some point. Try every omelet. God. God. What would that do to your body? What would Well, the omelets would be better for you than some of their Probably true. sweet dessert Probably breakfasts. True. Probably true. All right. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter uh, to today's Think Tank. We will dive back into that at some point. Hour number one is in the books. It's also been brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. i got to finish this I want to get to, and then we're going to talk to the mayor of Salisbury, uh, Jake Day. He just jumped out of a plane this morning, and I'm doing it tomorrow, so I want to learn a thing or two. Uh, We'll do that in uh, the next segment. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 20 
four months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. (sighs) That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to a hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. If you missed it, we are going to be at the Bowman Restaurant tonight, 7 o'clock on Harford Road in Parkville, with Tyus Bowser and his special guest, Adafe Owe. It's going to be a great night. Um, I'm imagining we're going to have quite the crowd uh, tonight out at the Bowman on Harford Road. There are a couple of rules you need to know because of the nature of Adafe being a little bit more of a high-profile guest Anyone who comes out tonight can get a um, a picture with both guys. It'll be a distance a bit because we're not going to cause a COVID outbreak. Um, we are definitely, you know, whose name was not on the list last week? Tyus Bowser's name was not on the list last week because we're going to do things safely at these shows. But we'll be able to get your picture, and Tyus will be able to sign for free and autograph one autograph per person. On top of that... Adafe Owe, despite having some other um, business arrangements, Adafe has agreed that he will sign autographs if you can make a $10 donation to the Golden Fight Children's Cancer Foundation, which is an amazing thing. It's just unbelievable what they're doing. So there will be some pre-prepared 8x10s for sale, quote-unquote, but the sale is $10 that you are donating to the Golden Fight Children's Cancer Foundation that you can then have autographed by Adafe Owe. All right? That's the deal. We're happy to have him out. And again, pictures are free. Kids can come out and meet him. All that's cool. You want an autograph, it's 10 bucks, and it's a $10 donation to an incredible charity doing amazing work. I love that we're doing that, frankly. I was... When I got that message last night, I was like, that's that's great. That's awesome. And I uh, hope that we can raise a bunch of money for a very 
worthy charity this evening. So we will see you tonight at the Bowman Restaurant on Hartford Road in Parkville for the Tyus Bowser Show presented by Pressbox Great Eights Memorabilia and Express Exterior Design. All right. Um, still to come this hour, Jim Callis is going to join us. We will chat with him about um, what's at stake this week for the Orioles as they are battling the Diamondbacks for the number one pick in the MLB draft. The Orioles, of course, open up a series tonight against the Red Sox, then close the season against the Blue Jays this weekend. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, it goes, it doesn't get any, it doesn't get any better for us, unfortunately, with the Diamondbacks, as they went from playing the Dodgers for a series this week to playing Los the, Doyers. the Giants. Giants lost Brandon Belt, though. Wait, but that's that's not going to make them bad. <laughs> like yeah, that's it is. not going to. No, it's it's not. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. He's been good this year. Uh, you're not wrong about that. Um, I'm just saying, Len, it can't help them. The only good news, the Diamondbacks close with the Rockies at home this weekend, so maybe a chance for a win or two in there. Perhaps that could end up being the difference. We, meanwhile, the Orioles are slated to face two teams that are fighting for a playoff spot in the, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. You know so. something stupid? Yes. You know the total base statistic? I'm familiar with it, yes. Walks don't count. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. I never knew that. Really? I didn't know that until last night on Underdog Fantasy when I took Juan Soto over one and a half total bases because that seemed like a gimme when I mm. thought walks counted. Mm. Turns out they don't. Bet you feel really silly. I did. Bet you feel but just isn't that r- super ridiculous? Silly. I like, don't disagree with you. Why? What? All right. Uh, finish this. Finish this brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Hey, if uh, going 3-0 and against those teams is like free food for a month from um, IHOP, then going 3-0 and like the, the Rams – that's like getting free food for a month from Glory Days Grill. Like, that's that's the bee's knees. The Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is available right now. It includes the unbelievably delicious chicken schnitzel served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Draft. Dine in on their patios or in their dining rooms or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years and says thank you, fans. From the New York Post, blank. Charged with blank, uh, sorry, blank charged with blanking, blank, blank, blanking, blank, blank, after allegedly blanking, blank, blank. Blank charged with blanking, blank, blank, after allegedly blanking, blank, blank. Architect charged with forging a marriage certificate after allegedly kidnapping baby seal. No. No. None of it? It's terrible. None of it. No, none of it. Weird. I would have thought something. I know, right? At least one of them. Uh, Janitor. Charged with cleaning entire school. Okay. After allegedly cleaning entire school. Now, wait a second. <laughs> now, wait a second. Yeah. It might be on to something. Might be on to something there. Uh, no. Give me number one to seven. Not yet. Yeah, we need to... Uh, Texan charged with branding... No, it's not Davis Mills, is it? No. Okay. Branding uh, angry steer 
Okay. After allegedly forgetting. Mm. Steer's birthday. That would be no, terrible. No. Okay. Uh, forgetting, he quit. Wait, now the steer quit or Man, the, the Texan, oh yes. he had so yes. he didn't need to be right. the he wasn't supposed to that's be there. why they charged him is yes. because he had already quit the job mm-hmm. you can't just go around branding steers Correct. at that point all right number one to seven mm, I want three three California that doesn't help at all Robert California okay um producer charged with. Elevating California raisins. Oh, it's a big moment. After allegedly... Um, writing smash hit. I, I mean, wh- wh- why is why is he being charged? I know. I'm confused. It's a bit odd, right? I'm not even kidding. I genuinely believed as a child that the performer of the song, I Heard It Through the Grapevine was a band called the California Raisins. Like, I truly believe that was the case when I was a child. It really kind of blew my mind to learn that they were not the original performers of that smash hit song. Um, Busboy, charged with uh, stealing California avocados. Oh, no. After allegedly starting... Guacamole business. I, it's, that's a good reason to steal some avocados. Yeah, I mean, it's a good reason. One to six. Mm. Two. Starting. Well, that's not a good one either. You're the one picking the numbers, Chief. <sighs> um... Prospector. By the way, it dances on the line of cheekiness because, like, it's some sort circumstances are unfortunate, but you'll understand. Prospector understand. charged with starting California Rush. Ooh. After allegedly finding, you can't get gold in them hills in uh, two finding. Two yeah. Gold nugget. I mean, that's all I got. I, mean, I, mean, yeah, I was, I was trying hoping to for something way. a little more cheeky yeah, there. Couldn't come up with it. Yeah, it's tough. Gold dildo. Gold dildo. Huh? I mean, you, st- you still have that though. It's like even solid gold. If, even if there's no more, yes. you've got that gold Correct. dildo. That's you, that's not nothing. Um, no, no. Give me number one to five. Mm. Three. Three. Boiling. Ah. Boiling. Sounds kind of dark. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Alabama charged with starting <laughs> California war. Oh my god. After allegedly boiling rotten eggs. <laughs> I could see. I could see yeah. why that would rise to the level of a war. No. One to four. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Um one. Shaman. Oh, that doesn't help, but it's interesting. Shaman. Shaman charged with starting California wildfire. That's correct. After allegedly boiling pixie sticks. Take three more guesses at it. After allegedly boiling human hair. Okay, two more guesses at it. Boiling lots of eggs. Take one more guess at it. Boiling... Uh, wild squirrels. A California shaman charged with starting a wildfire, wildfire claimed it started by accident while she was boiling 
bare urine to drink, according that to local to reports. Alexandra... Kill all the bacteria first. Suverneva, age 30, faces up to nine years in prison for allegedly sparking the fawn fire, uh, which unfortunately has destroyed 41 homes. Just, just awful. Now, thankfully... If 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 there had been more deaths, have you seen this thing where people will wrap their home in foil? Is related to fire? To protect it. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. Well, why don't we do it with all the houses in California? They did These... it again at the base of like the oldest tree in the in the, in the country. Um, I think it worked. Wow, that's remarkable. That is remarkable. Um, as the fire in Shasta County raged on Wednesday, Suverneva claims she'd been hiking and trying to get to Canada, according to documents obtained by the outlet. Where'd she get the bear pee? Uh, hang on a second. She told forest officials that she was thirsty and had come across a puddle of what she believed to be bear urine. Could have been human urine, couldn't it I guess it could have been. And tried to make a fire to boil it, according to documents obtained by the outlet. Now, is that for medicinal properties or for sustenance? I believe it was for sustenance. She found it was, quote, too wet for the fire to start, unquote, so she downed the water that she thought was animal urine and continued on her way, the report said. Suverneva eventually got trapped in the brush amid the inferno and had to call the fire department to help her, according to the report. I thought it was too wet for fire to start. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, Doesn't I don't that know. Well, run it could counter be, to it could a be, wildfire? It could be too wet for like a contained fire. And well, yet, you still probably could have figured out a way to boil the bear urine if there like fire, to, you right? would like, If you really wanted the bear right. urine that much. Like, I don't know how bad it is. Remember, Bear Grylls always tell you, if, if you're out in the woods and you got to pee, you save that. You do not pee into the... You never know when but you're going to need that pee. pee. Right? Well, I mean, maybe she didn't need to pee. I don't know. Maybe she just likes the taste of bear urine, man. Let I see it. no... I want to make this very clear. We do not kink shame. We do Apparently, if you want to keep unwanted shame. dogs away, bear urine is a great choice. Well, that might be... She might have been thinking about that a little bit. Well, I've seen no that, indication that, that bear it's, urine it's is of more sustenance any better value than regular, than regular urine. urine. Well, you would be the man that would know, obviously. You've the done a lot of would research know. on this particular subject. Seeing more about trying to bear grills than bear urine. Well, if you search bear and urine, I would understand why bear grills would come up a lot. Bear, bear grills has consumed a lot quotes. of urine. We put quotes around Has bear anything urine. like shook, sh- shaken you more as a human being than the first time you watched bear, bear grills go into a dead animal and rip its heart out to eat it? Like, has anything had a I greater always found the on you? eyeballs to be a little more off-putting. Okay, all right. Because there's I, like a, I don't like grape tomatoes, and I have to think that's like nature's grape tomato. Nature's grape tomato. Of course, they don't come from nature. You know? is, <laughs> great, good point. Yeah. Those are, of course, made in, right, uh, yeah. in, lab. in, in yeah. a lab somewhere, yeah. those grape tomatoes. Nature's grape tomato is an animal eyeball. Everyone knows that. Have you have you used this somewhere else? I have t-shirts else? that are made for okay. that, yeah. I was just wondering. I'm crocheting pillows with it. It just came up with somewhere. It's very interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you it's not. All right, we're going to talk to the mayor here in a second. Maybe he could tell us more about the... The mayor of Salisbury, for what it's worth. Correct. Yeah, the mayor of Salisbury, that is correct. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com. You already forgotten his name. It's Jake Day. I said that. Yeah, I mean... Google I said, told me. I said, but I said it multiple times. 
is Google not my friend? I, that's fine, but it doesn't. You're you're trying to do a bit where you take no responsibility. I could There's have no at accountability least on gotten away with it without the public announcement. Th- but you're not taking accountability. You were in the middle of a read and I stopped understand your you're, read you're to not, halt my own because you don't want to take accountability. I forgot his name. You weren't listening, and so I was going to solve it. Yeah, correct. But you could have had it solved to begin with by listening. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. If I fail, I tell you that I fail. I fail regularly. I failed losing my voice this weekend. When I talk for a living, it's, it's important to have a voice. It's the type of thing that you, you want to have. I, I do get the day off tomorrow, unfortunately. I'm guessing that I will be screaming during the course of the morning, and so probably will not rest my voice much during the course of tomorrow morning. Speaking of which, of course, I have told you for a few weeks that I am jumping with the U.S. Army Golden Knights parachute team tomorrow. And by the way, just saying those words sent another chill through my body because I'm dealing with a little bit of that anxiety. Uh, Our next guest, he participated in this this morning on day one of this event down in uh, Burke, Virginia, or Orange, Virginia, I think it is. That's where it is, Orange, Virginia. And he just so happens to be the mayor of Salisbury. It's a pleasure for us to welcome onto the program Mayor Jake Day, who's with us now here on GCR. Mr. Mayor, it's Glenn and Kyle up in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. How are you feeling right now? Kyle, Glenn, good morning. Uh, It is uh, a beautiful day here in Virginia, and I feel like 100%. I feel like a million bucks. I got to tell you, that was one of the most fun things I've ever done. So I, there's, I have so many questions for you because I am, I am dealing with a lot of, as I'm preparing to do this myself tomorrow, I have, had you ever jumped out of a plane before this morning? Never. Okay. I've come really close to falling out of a couple, but mm-hmm. I've never okay. intentionally so, jumped out of a plane. So people should probably know that's because you, you're, you serve. It's not because you were like on a commercial flight. That, that's right. <laughs> Something that's right. like that happened. And by the way, thank you very much for your service. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Um, uh, tell me about what you were feeling. What, were you like rip? I mean, again, you, clearly you've done things more badass than I have in your life. Were you rip roaring? I'm I'm not even gonna be worried about it. I'm ready to go jump. Or were you feeling any amount of anxiety, apprehension ahead of this? You know, I wasn't. Um, you know, a, cu- a couple of times I have uh, dangled my feet out of the back of a C-130, and you know, so not far from rolling out and. And that's kind of that's kind of what happens. You know, you don't feel any sensation uh, until you are actually falling. So everything leading up to that, if you just think about the sensations you're having and not uh, not anxiety or worry about what's to come and just going through the motions, it's really hard to feel uh, nervous. So what I would what I'd suggest, Glenn, and, um, you know, I know everybody's reaction. to This is going to be different, but you know, focus on uh, the experience and. Uh, there's a videographer who's going to have a camera in your face, and they want to interview you while you're flying up there. Um, and, and just enjoy that, because the moment you're out of that plane, there is no time to uh, to get nervous about anything. You're just kind of feeling the rush of the air, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, it's so fun. so tell me about what that feeling is like, because I've been trying to ask people about this, and I've had different people tell me, like, you don't really feel like you're falling necessarily. You feel like you're flying. Is that is that the way you would describe it? It's... That, that's so accurate. In, in my uh, limited experience now, right. um, I, I felt the same way. I felt as if 
you, you don't feel like you're that sensation of falling or like dropping from a roller coaster. You, you just feel like uh, the rush of air uh, going past you. So it's almost like an open window or sticking your head out of uh, your car while you're driving. Um, that, that's what it feels like. And then when the chute opens, um, you know, I would encourage you to uh, ensure that the, the harness is well positioned uh, around your body, um, and we'll leave it at that. Okay. But ensure that things are well positioned. Yeah. And and then it's just this this tightening sensation, and then you just float, and it really truly feels like you are just floating. You don't feel as if you're dropping to the earth. That is that is. Um, I, I'm a. I've had a couple people explain to me the harness situation there, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've I already had a vasectomy <laughs> once, so I'm I'm good yeah. in that department. I don't yeah, have to just, worry just about. Be careful. Yeah, I appreciate that. The the um, you know, everything that that I have and I have done extensive research about something like this. I've been asking. Everybody <laughs> keeps trying to tell me, enjoy the view. Like for yeah. you, the the feeling of like when did it flip for you from like anxiety to like this is just unbelievably pleasant. I can't believe that I'm doing this. How long did that take? Uh, it takes about 20 seconds of free fall. Maybe that's what it felt. It felt like five minutes, but I, I'm guessing it was about 20 seconds of free fall. And just that rush uh, where they tell you to keep your head up and don't look at the ground at that point so that they can actually film you and get some cool shots of you looking at the camera. Um, but then uh, once, once that parachute releases and once you are um, sort of snatched into slow speed, you have all this time to just enjoy it. And in central Virginia, you can see the mountains here. You can see the farms and the hills. And it, it's really, it's really gorgeous. So I'd enjoy that. I, and I got to, I got to say, I just got to you know, mention that uh, this is a pretty cool aspect of, of the army. My, my experience um, in, in uh, East Africa recently and my experience on the ground, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know all the army had to offer. I had no idea about the uh, Golden Knights and the, that civilians could participate in this. So what an awesome experience. And, and for anybody who, uh, anybody who's thinking about, you know, uh, you know, you just pick up a rifle and go to war. This is the other side of the <laughs> army. There's some, there's some pretty cool aspects to it. Um, you can find out more on Instagram at us army Baltimore and at army golden Knights. And tomorrow, uh, they'll be posting on their stories, um, pictures and video. So, uh, you might see me urinating myself on uh, either one of those Instagram <laughs> accounts at U.S. Army Baltimore at Army Golden Knights. Mayor Jake Day, the mayor of Salisbury, is with us on GCR. Um, and how long was the entire ride from 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 jump? By the way, do you actually jump or like do you just sort of like how? Do, I, these are things I genuinely don't know. Like, do you do you yeah. take a jump or do you just sort of fall out? Like, how does that work? So um, it's it's kind of a rocking motion. So we clipped on to you clip on to the the jumper who you're tandem jumping with and you sort of waddle uh squatting down because it's a very short ceiling height in the plane um sort of waddle down to the back of the aircraft turn around and before you even have time to think about it um he is starting to rock you uh to your side and it's it's to your side so you'll you'll kind of fall out of the aircraft to your uh left side and you just rock rock and then you're gone and uh, you're, you're out so, there. So the there's air. not like a one, two, three build up to this. Like you can't. There's not even time. And, yeah. and if he's saying one, two, three, I didn't pay any attention. To okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're just out, and then and then you're, you're going out, and that's the way it that's is. Right. Man, man, this is crazy. And the entire ride lasts how long? Like how long from from plane to ground? 
Well, so look, I, I would say the entire experience after you start getting suited up is maybe 15 minutes long. Wow. So they wow. spiral up in the air. You know, it's a, uh, a it, you're up at, I think, 12,500 feet above ground level. So, so pretty high. Um, so they take you up there and um, the free fall is maybe 20 seconds. And then the rest of the ride is, I don't know, five minutes, maybe. Wow. It, it's actually kind of a long descent after the free fall. Um, because, you know, he's just taking his time flying you around and, uh, kind of doing some loops and circling a little bit. If if you're into that, if you're interested, Um, and you can hear clearly. So at that point they ask you if you're comfortable with it. And, you know, I was like, yeah, give me the ride. Wow. Wow, uh, man. Wow. You'll have fun. I'm sure. Uh, uh, all right. Very cool. Um, I, I know you guys, it, it Salisbury, of course, uh, the Salisbury University, quite the history of winning championships, throwing a baseball championship right. in this year. I can only imagine how much that meant to the entire community down that way. Uh, look, I, I think um, we have we have had a really good run here, not only with baseball, uh, but 13 national championships yeah, lacrosse, and yeah. lacrosse. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've had uh, some really exceptional uh, teams and, um, you know, and, and had some really powerful moments. Yeah, uh, nothing like you know, nothing like a sixty-six yard field goal or anything like that. <laughs> hey, that late, but yeah, uh, that's got to be the biggest thrill. But uh, we've had a couple of uh, a couple of thrilling moments as well. Are, are you a big Ravens fan, Mayor? I'm a big Ravens fan. We love yeah. to hear that. We love to so hear I'm, that. I'm on cloud nine. You never know uh, when you get down to the. Are. You never know when you get down to the Eastern Shore. Like you randomly like find like random Eagles fans and things like that. Oh. You're like, where the hell did you come from? Like, what is that all about? Well, what, um, what's what's worse, Glenn, is we have our fair share of Steelers fans. Yeah, I don't care for that either. I don't care that. <laughs> and then it's it's like that in Western Maryland too. There's like a bunch yeah. of Steelers fans out that way. You're like, what the? What, what doesn't even make sense? Like, why why are you here? What is that? It doesn't. Oh man. Uh, Mayor Day, can I plug anything for you? Um, people can find out about more about Salisbury and events, anything like that. What can I do for you? Absolutely. Hey, look, we, we just had the National Folk Festival for its third year in Salisbury, and it's coming back next year. Um, so I encourage people just to uh, check out. Maybe they can go to our website at salisbury.mv or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at, at City of SBY. And you can learn more about that great event, the National Folk Festival, uh, America's oldest, longest-running, and largest uh, traditional arts festival. Um, a lot of great performers like Del McCrory and others. So nice. uh, I encourage people to you know check us out. Uh, you know, we're really proud to be one of the fastest-growing cities in America now. And uh, come check out the Eastern Shore. We're uh, we're, we're a little different than you might think. At Jacob R. Day on Twitter is how you follow him. Mayor, congratulations. Um, I look forward to – you know, I, I don't think that I will probably handle it quite as well as you did, and uh, I'll probably be a little bit more – that videographer might get a few more panicked screams as the day <laughs> goes on. Uh, but I appreciate you telling me a little bit more about what I'm getting myself into. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, safe jumping tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Mayor Jake Day from uh, down in Salisbury. appreciate him uh, hopping on with us this morning i am uh, i'm not kidding i had like a chill go through my body as he was describing it's really just the, the getting out of the plane part mm-hmm. right like everything else the part you yeah, know, you'll probably right? be a little nervous when it leaves the ground as well for what it's worth oh yeah I, i'm saying everything up to getting out of the plane mm-hmm. like that's the only i think i'm gonna be the guy like standing there like holy crap i'm really about to do this but then once it starts like well, you can't go back. You, you know, vacated like, your correct. Your like nice ladder, plane, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Oh, I. That's the one thing everybody keeps warning me to do is pee, pee, pee. People pee, are saying pee. eat. People are saying don't eat. Uh, people are saying eat something, but don't eat a lot. What are you gonna eat? 
I'll probably have like a Cliff Bar, something like that. Big mistake. Why? You don't want to know. Okay. I I literally was talking about it with my, when we were at the uh, Willie Nelson show on Friday, and I was talking about it with my in-laws. With Willie? Yeah, no, Willie. I bet Willie would jump out of a plane at 88 years old. Um, I was talking about it with my in-laws, and there was a gentleman sitting in front of us who turned around. He's like, bring an extra pair of underwear. Really? You do that regardless of where you're going. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just being smart, pal. Really? You mean that? Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, we will chat with Jim Callis. How how important is it that the Orioles lose all of their games and the Diamondbacks win one? We'll talk about that next. Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 28th at the Bowman Restaurant on Harford Road in Parkville. It's all brought to you by Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Express Exterior Design. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. 
You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Continuing here in hour number two. Today's program also brought to you by Project Game Day, which is back this Sunday. Baltimore, Denver at 425. I'll be with you at halftime. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. And then post game, it'll be myself and Ken Zalis. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports and Pressboxonline.com slash radio. We do it every game day this season, Project Game Day, which is brought to you by your friends at Underdog Fantasy Football as well as Window Nation and Glory Days Grill. We will see you this Sunday for the next edition of Project Game Day. Orioles open up a three-game set against the Red Sox tonight. They will then have three against the Blue Jays. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, who are currently tied with the Orioles for the worst record in baseball, they get three against the Giants and then three at home against the Rockies. How important is it that the Orioles end up with the number one overall pick? Let's find out right now. Joining us, one of our favorite people. It's always a pleasure. Welcome back in. MLB Pipeline, MLB.com, MLB Network, all of those places. Mr. Jim Callis is back with us on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, yeah, no, glad to be here. All You guys all, you guys always keep me on my toes. So I, we I, do I our best. It. We do our best. Let, let, just generically, right, Jim? We always know if you end up with the number one pick, no matter how good the class is, you get the biggest pool to sign players from, right? Like, Correct. There are, it, it's always a good thing in some way to have the number one overall pick. But speaking of the talent alone at the top, how significant will the difference be if the Orioles have the number one or the number two pick next year? I don't think very significant. And it's funny. It's, <laughs> once again, you guys, uh, great analysis right off the top. I, I, I was thinking about this uh, when Kyle called me this morning. Okay, you know, how, what's the best way to answer this question uh, about the number one pick? And I was going to say the bigger thing to me right now would be having the bigger pool money, yeah. you know, getting to pick ahead of the Diamondbacks instead of one pick behind them every round. Because I, I don't think there's a clear number one guy in this draft. I, I think it's a good draft. Um, I think outside of the college pitching, which is a little muddled um, because guys have been hurt. Um, the, the draft is better than it was in 2021. Uh, the scouts are especially excited by the crop of, of, of hitters in, in this draft okay. compared to 2021. So it, it's a good draft, but there's just no clear number one guy. Uh, you know, on, on the college side, I, I did a college top 20. And I could have come up with like four or five guys in, in the number one spot. I had Brooks Lee, who's a college shortstop, a Cal Poly at number one, Jace Young, a Texas Tech second baseman at number two, Jacob Berry, corner infielder, kind of seeking a position after transferring from Arizona to LSU at three, and then and real athletic guy, Brock Jones at Stanford at four. Um, th- those guys are all interesting. And, and then on the high school side, uh, I think the most famous guy is Elijah Green, who's, who's the son of former Ravens tight end Eric yep. Green. Um, he's got the best tools in the draft. The, the best hitter on the high school side is, is a high school shortstop from Georgia named Tamar Johnson. He's probably more of a second baseman next level. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's some really good pitching. Um, I, I, would be, <laughs> I would be shocked if Michael Elias and company became the first team ever to take a high school right-hander number one. So I, I don't <laughs> think they're going to take Dylan Lesko. <laughs> um, but another interesting guy from Georgia, though, is Drew Jones, who's Andrew Jones' yep. kid. Yep. And I saw him at the high school uh, all-star game, at, at the all-star game. Um, and he uh, probably looks a lot like what his dad did at the same stage of his career. I'm not saying he's going to be that good. Yeah, he's going to hit home runs in the World Series at the age of 19. Yeah, I that's mean, right. Yeah, for, the, for the, the 2000, what would that be, 23 Orioles? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so there's, there's lots of good guys, and you'll get a good player. And you could almost say 
And we can go down this discussion because it hasn't worked out exactly like the Orioles won the last two years. But it's a team that likes to, you know, take yeah. a talented guy and save money and, and, and have it for later and move it around, kind of like the Pirates did well this year when they had the number one pick. That it's not a bad thing either to have that number one pick, and maybe there's three or four guys you like, um, and there's no clear-cut guy, and you cut a deal, and, and then you go nuts like the Pirates did with their next three picks. So um, so anyway, long answer to your question. But yeah, I think as of right now, you'd want the number one pick more for having that, that, that pool and being able to pick ahead of other teams as opposed to, hey, there's a Steven Strasburg or a Bryce Harper sitting out there who's, who's the clear guy. Because there, there just isn't that guy, even though it's a good draft. While many fans have seemingly fixated on Elijah Green, I think that there's obviously been some attention paid to what has been described as somewhat of an alarming strikeout rate in his high school tenure. And obviously a lot can change between now and the end of next season. But given what you've seen from the Orioles and how they've prioritized bat on ball skills and more walks than strikeouts. And a lot of the guys they drafted this year, do you think that might make them a bit averse to taking somebody with a boomer bust, maybe profile like green? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, we're just guessing here, but yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Um, and, you know, like, well, like I said, we, I mean, he's the most famous guy. I mean, you know, he, he was famous even last summer as an underclassman, a rising, you know, rising junior, but like, you know, his tool, he probably, like I said, he has the best tools in the draft and it's not, it's not horrible swing and miss where you're like, oh my God, this guy has no chance to hit. Um, but you know, I, I would put it under the the. I'd file it under swing and miss concerns. I mean, he, you know, he he can his swing can get long. He can he can look off balance at the plate at times, and 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 that does not seem like the type of guy the Orioles would take. Like, like I said, I mean, Tamar Johnson is a really gifted high school hitter. You know, Drew Jones, I think his tools aren't as loud as as Green's, but they're. They're pretty loud, and, and I think you feel like he's a better hitter. And then there's any number of those college guys I mentioned who, who've all hit in college. So, um, you know, if the Orioles want that, you know, position player who, you know, puts the bat, you know, barrels a lot of balls, I guess, is for, for want of a better way of putting it, they're going to have a number of options picking at one or two. He is Jim Callis, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. And by the way, Jim, you bring up um, Elijah Green's father. I, mean, I I got a chance to chat with Elijah for a couple of minutes over the weekend, and we know his father quite well. And despite only being in Baltimore for a couple of years, he like has this great affinity for our city and like took Elijah to meet Buck Showalter a few years ago at an oh, Orioles nice. game and took Elijah to meet Ray Lewis at Ravens games. So we have this sort of like weird kind of connection feeling about it, but – I, I hear you. I hear you. He's not necessarily the number one guy, and I do think that that's the conversation we're having. However, if if there's a player named Brooks at the top of the draft, I do believe that by law that Baltimore should have the first right to make sure that they acquire said player. I, I think that's been that's some sort of baseball code, isn't it? Yeah, that would be nice. You know, yeah, it's, right. it's interesting because there's so many bloodlines in this draft. You know, we mentioned Elijah Green, and we mentioned Drew Jones, and, and Brooks Lee. His dad is his coach at Cal Poly, and he's a guy who could have been, you know, if it is Brooks Lee, and it would be a nice fit, um, you know, Brooks Lee could have been a first-round pick out of high school a couple of years ago, but he wanted to go play for his dad at Cal Poly. And, you know, Jace Young, hmm. his older brother is Josh Young, who was the number eight pick in the 2019 draft. So, that, you know, there's all kinds of interesting connections, and, 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 you know, though Brock Jones has a football connection, not a relative, but he was a safety on Stanford's football team for a little while, too. So um, lots of intrigue at the top of the draft. Uh, of course, Adley Rutschman played some Pac-12 football once upon a time, as we know. 
Um, is there a guy that right now isn't being discussed as a guy that could be at the top, top of the draft that you say, hey, look, let's get let's revisit this because there's a lot to like about this player. And one season from now, we might genuinely be talking about him in this way. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you, we, so we have our rankings. So, like, theoretically, we have those guys at the top of our list. Like I said, you know, I, mean, I, I mentioned the top high school hitters. I, I just don't see... I just don't see the Orioles taking a high school pitcher right. high. But, like, on the college side, you know, the, the best pitcher right now, in my mind, is interesting. It's a kid named Reggie Crawford at Connecticut who hit 13 homers and pitched seven innings this spring for the Huskies. He was more of a, a first baseman DH. And, you know, he's pitched a little in relief. He pitched a little with Team USA in the Cape League. All told, the three stops, he struck out 30 of the 56 hitters he faced, averaged 96 miles an hour, touched 100, Power slider up to 88. He's a big physical 6'4 lefty, throws strikes. We just haven't seen him as a starter. Now, if he does this stuff as a starter, starting pitcher next year, I think he's going to be in that discussion. And there's there's kind of a – I mean, again, I put him six. So I don't know if he's a sleeper. There's a kid at James Madison who, who I don't think is that far off from all those other hitters I mentioned named Chase DeLouder. He's an outfielder. You know, and James Madison, because of COVID, only played 28 games in the spring. So even though he had a good season, he had like a, you know, he had like a 12-31 ops. He only played 28 games. So he didn't, you know, jump out on the stat pages because he, you know, only played roughly half the games that everybody else played. But he, he tied for the home run lead in the Cape Cod League. He, he led the Cape Cod League in slugging this summer. He's left-handed, 6'4", 235, really, really disciplined approach, runs well for his size, chance to play in center field. And again, I mean... You know, we do this. I mean, we're doing this on the air. I do when I do mock drafts. Everybody comes to draft the same thing. You sit there and you look at teams and you're like, okay, you know, what do the Orioles want? You know, they want a guy who can barrel a lot of balls and control the strike zone. Chase DeLouder might have the best approach of any of the top. Okay. I did a top 20 college list. He might have the best approach of any of those guys. And like okay. I said, six four, lefty power, runs well. I could see him being the Orioles guy. Like, like the, 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 you know, just the the description of him. I mean, doesn't that sound like the type of guy the Orioles would be all in on? Certainly does. There's no debate about that. Acknowledging that it's more of the approach when you're at the top of the draft, take the best player available, you know, regardless of the position, and there's always the adage that shortstops can move to just about anywhere else on the diamond. But knowing what you know about the Orioles' system right now, do you think there's a particular area, whether it be pitching, hitting, a certain position, that, that they should be zeroing in on to bolster their farm? Um. No, I mean, I mean, in general, I mean, we've talked about. I mean, I, I think if you look at their farm system, the position prospects, the, the, the depth of the, I should say, the depth of the position prospects stands out more than the depth of pitching. I mean, they they do have the best pitching prospect in, in baseball, Grayson Rodriguez. I like DL Hall a lot. I still, I still wonder a little bit, just because he's never pitched more than ninety four innings in a year, he's never thrown a ton of strikes. You know, you know, is he really going to be that difference-making starter, or is he going to be more that live-armed guy who, who who's inconsistent? But I, I think they need pitching depth. But all that said, you know, unless like a Reggie Crawford like really emerges like next year, I don't see how you could take a pitcher at, at one or two. Um, I, I think when, you know, I, I we've talked many Orioles high picks over the years. I, I just think when you pick high. You have to take the best player. Like you, you can't say, "Well, we need a pitcher, so we're going to push this guy up the board." I, I think you got to take the best guy. And, and you know, it's early; things can change. But you know, if we're just foreseeing the future today, 
I can't imagine the Orioles not taking a hitter when I'm looking at what's available uh, in next year's draft right now. A couple thoughts uh, while we have you, Jim Callis. Colton Kowser hits 347 um, at at not at you know at, at lower A ball um, in in 25 games. Is that really encouraging or about what a player of his caliber caliber should have been doing at that level as he started his pro career? Um, I'd say closer to the encouraging. I mean, we, I, we, it's funny. I'm working on a story about you know the, the draftees who had the best debuts. And obviously it was weird because the, the draft was later, so guys played fewer games mm-hmm. in the minors this year, although the minor league season went a little bit later too. I, I don't think your, your debut, debut summer stats mean a whole lot, but at the same time, you want to see guys perform. You know, like if if Colton Cowser had gone out and hit 220, I would have said, uh, you know, who knows? Like he had a layoff. You know, he had to get reacclimated. It doesn't mean anything. But I, but I do think what it reinforces is, I mean, I thought this guy. You, you guys know I'm very bullish on Colton Cowser. I, I thought he was one of the best hitters in the college ranks. I, I thought he was the second best position player after Henry Davis, who went number one. Um, you know, you wanted to see him hit for more power this year, which he did in college. I mean, he only hit one home run or, or two home runs in pro ball. But, like, you know, again, I'm not reading too much into that. He ran better. He played center field. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reinforces my, my thought that he was one of the better hitters available and that he could move pretty quick. Like, the, the, the question, the, the question I, I can't wait to have answered is, are we going to address, like, the service time manipulation in the next mm-hmm. CBA? Because mm-hmm. I'll ask you guys a question. Yeah. I mean, don't you think Adley Rushman should be catching in the big leagues right now? Like, if it were just doing it based on merit? Well, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, yes. it, 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 this is silly, and if the rules don't change, we're going to have some ludicrous discussion next spring about, oh, Adley needs to yeah, spend, work spend on month, X right. for three weeks right. before yeah. they can call him up. Correct. And I don't even know, by the way, I don't even know that the Orioles are necessarily bothering to do the ludicrous, the theater part. Like, I think, I don't even think they're bothered going to try to say, like, oh, we still think he can work on this. I think they're basically acknowledging it and just choosing not to talk about it at, at, at nauseum. Right, but you'll get asked about it. They'll, they'll get asked about yeah. it a thousand times next. It'll be like when Chris no, Bryant but I, was I with just the get, Cubs. I get the sense that Michael Elias' answer is just going to be something very matter-of-fact. Like, yep, you know, he'll probably be down there for a little bit longer than, than we'll be ready yeah, to have Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I, just I, think it's gonna I, be a, I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to be a bit... You can't come out and tacitly say, hey, we all know Adley's ready and he was Correct. ready last summer. Correct. But it behooves us to screw him if we keep him uh, down for three weeks because then you might actually lose a grievance. Although, again, I don't even know that you could actually lose a grievance over because you're not doing anything that's what the that's rules allow the rules. Yeah. no question uh twofold question here i think that there's been i guess some development around the idea that the orioles could have as many as maybe six or seven top 100 prospects come next season for as long as Edley rutschman is still in the minor leagues and a prospect um but a guy that i think is curious and seems like he potentially has the makings of eventually ending up at that level based on his performance this year is gene pinto um how high are you on him? Is he closer than maybe we think to being in that realm now? And then toward the first part of my question, if you had to guess based on what you guys are putting together currently, is that six or seven accurate? Um, well, we haven't really changed a whole lot since. I mean, we updated our list so late this year, like in mid-August. I mean, I think right now they've got five on the list. I think Jordan Westberg could play his way on there. Um, I, I do like Heston Kerstad. Um, you know, we just need to see him play. Um, sure. you know, I don't know after that. Like, I mean, and our lists are subject to change, but, like, we've got, 
you know, I think our next guy on our list is Kyle Bradish. I don't know if I see him as a top 100 guy. You know, maybe Connor Norby is. Um, they, so they, they could. I mean, you know, what's his name? I was going to say Kirstead. Rutschman's going to graduate by the time that um, – The midseason. But by the time that they get the number one pick, who will right. definitely be – Well, I'd say I'd probably put that over under – Number maybe around six, okay. um, I think would be more realistic than seven. I, and you know, I do think like Westberg, and you know, and, and not that he did, had a bad year, but like what Westberg, you know, tore up low A, which I would have suspected coming out of the SEC, and he was pretty good in high A, and then he you know dipped a little in double A. But like, I mean, he was in double A in his first pro season with no pro experience, yeah. so I don't hold that against him. I, I think if Westberg had hit in double A like he hit in A ball. He'd probably be on the top 100, if that makes sense. Now, like, we just want to see him, you know, do it a little bit higher level. You know, with Pinto, you know, maybe, uh, you know, he's just hard on super young pitchers. I mean, he's got a good arm. I wouldn't say he's close to the top 100 per se. I mean, he, he had a real nice year. You know, granted, it was 47 innings in low A. I, I think he's more, I, I categorize him as a guy who could start, like, I don't even think he's on, I don't do our Orioles list, and, mm-hmm. and he's not on our Orioles list, which is <laughs> kind of curious, mm-hmm. but uh, I think he's the type of guy who could fly up the Orioles list, like, if you told me, hey, he comes out and pitches well next season, he's going to be in the top 10 on the Orioles list, that's probably a more realistic aspiration than being on the top 100. Alright, before I let you go, because this was a, a, a fair question that was brought up to me, and I don't remember the wait, wait where is Kamar Rocker? At this point, like what what is going on with him and 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 have we given up on him because of everything? Like what what is oh, no, the story? No, okay, we, no, it's see, so I mean, it's weird because we don't know exactly. Other than you know something arose in this physical, we don't know exactly what that was. That like his arms hanging by a thread, or hey, the Mets just didn't like the way it looked. I mean, I've heard about nine different rumors about various different parts of the arm and how serious it is, and I've heard from you know the other side that the Mets blew this out of the water and it's it's a bunch you know it, it's overblown. He's my understanding is. He, he, like, I don't know where he is. Like, I don't have a geo track <laughs> right, right, right in now. The world. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know that. if he's at yeah. Vanderbilt taking classes. I don't know if he's back home in Georgia. I don't know if he's working out somewhere. But the, 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 I, I have been told that he will not return to Vanderbilt to pitch. He will, he will re-enter the draft. My guess would be that you know after he did, the Mets took him 10th overall and didn't sign him my guess is that he'll do something like pitch in an independent league next spring you know like you know four or five six starts whatever you know controlled number of innings as opposed to hey go back to Vanderbilt and you know you're, you're pitching seven innings every Saturday you know for 18 20 weeks or whatever however deep they go in the playoffs I, I think he'll pitch in a much more controlled environment and showcase you know his arm and his health and his stuff that way. Okay, and 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 where do you think he fits into the equation in the draft next year? I, I think it, I mean <laughs> that's that's I mean it's hard to say yeah. because again yeah with with all well, the, what's going with on all the with questions. his arm yeah. like I get he, it I get it. 
What's that? Yeah, right. I just think because like, if he look, if he needs Tommy John surgery, that hasn't scared people off. If, if that's what it was, like, right. let's say, okay, he needs Tommy John surgery. But I mean, like I said, I, I, like, I'm not going to speculate on which rumor is true. But I've heard a million different rumors and a million things that they went on this spring, and, and no, you know, nobody, nobody really knows for sure what happened. But if it's a, let's say it's a serious shoulder injury. That that's a lot different. I mean, if he, if he, if let's say it was elbow related, and it's not, some teams don't consider it serious, and he goes to independent ball, and he's throwing ninety seven with a wipeout slider, then he's going to go in the top ten picks again. He, he fell this year, not because of health. I think there was some inconsistency, um, and he's good, but he just he was in the top tier guys in this year's draft, but he he was more in that you know six to ten range really than he was in the top five for most teams. You know, health aside. At Jim Callis MLB on Twitter is how you follow him. Jim, I'm sorry about my voice. I, uh, that, I don't know if you saw the, the the Ravens kicker made a, a hell of a kick at the end of the game on Sunday. And I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I, well, I, I think I've told you guys I'm a Steelers fan, and yeah. and, and it's it's, it's Ooh, sad yeah. because so one like I, I I'll give you my hot football take. I'm yeah. not blaming this on Mike Tomlin, but the offensive line's terrible. Ben Roethlisberger's terrible and gun shy, and we're checking down on fourth and ten, which is <sighs> awful. I, like checking down, like immediately. I, I don't think like, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in fourteen years. I don't think he's ever going to have a winning record with the Steelers again. I, I think Whoa. they're going to suck for three or four years, Whoa. and I don't think he's going to get fired. But I just think at some point, like I, they're that bad. So then I went through that that horrible thing, and this will endear me to your listeners. So. I flip over to red zone after watching the horrible Steelers game. I'm like, like, like and, and I'll confess this. I have profound respect for John Harbaugh, but I hate the Ravens as a Steelers fan. Yeah, like, understand, they're my least understandable, favorite understandable. So I'm like, hey, at least the Lions are rallying. Okay, this is great. Good. The Ravens will be one and two. Not, not even hoping that Pittsburgh's going to win the division, but like I can just at least enjoy we, we know this the feeling. Ravens' misery. We, we and know I'm, this. when they converted fourth to 19, I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I, I could see this coming. I have, I have great respect for Justin Tucker, best kicker of all time. Yep. Um, but then, like, not only is, is it like, root, like, like add insult to my Steelers injury that he makes a field goal, but to bounce it off the crossbar and straight up and over, I was just like, come on. And I, I will admit it disgusted me so much. I was like, I'm not even going to watch the 4 p.m. game. So <laughs> I, I watched the end of, of Packers 49ers, <laughs> but I, I said, oh, my hat funny. is off to the Ravens. Um, John Harbaugh, great coach, but, uh, but yeah, that's my hot take. I, I, I don't think wow. the Steelers are going to have a winning record. Well, we, um, we are again, under Mike Tomlin. I, I think he'll leave before they turn it around. And and I, as much as I despise Mason Rudolph, who's terrible, <laughs> I actually think they should bench Ben because I, I just think he's so gun shy. His focus is on getting rid of the ball. The guy that and played, not making plays. It's the, terrible. The guy that played on Sunday cannot play in the NFL any longer. Like that guy. That guy. No, no, well, no. I mean, no, all they yeah. do is they get rid of the ball. It's like Ben doesn't want to get hit, and yep. he's taken a bunch of hits this yep. year too. But it's like it's just I'm going to get rid of the ball in two seconds, and we're just going to run the same play. Like Najee Harris. I, I think Najee Harris looks good, mm-hmm. but he gets hit in the backfield all the time. Their offensive line's terrible, and I just think Ben's kind of checked out. I, I would bench Ben. Uh, I would bench Ben, play Mason Rudolph, and, and be angling for a high pick in next year's draft. But because they're, uh, it's just it's hard to watch. We we might hope that for once that you know more about football than baseball for which. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't. Hey. I, I don't think I'm wrong on this one. I, I don't think I'm wrong on. I, I, there's no way. I mean, the Steelers have a good defense. There is no way 
that they're going to have a winning season this year, and I, I think they're the fourth best team in the in the division. May, may you be equally right about Colton Cowser <laughs> so, and the so Pittsburgh that, that, Steelers. That, that, may I you was be. Enjoying the, yeah, I don't know right. how I got sidetracked there, oh, but I was, no. I was enjoying the show until this point, and now I'm remembering how bitter <laughs> I was uh, uh, about 3.05 Central Time or whatever time Tucker made the kick on Sunday. Jim Callis, it is always a pleasure. Check out the podcast, of course, MLBPipeline.com. Everything you know about prospects, draft the whole thing. Jim, thank you as always, my friend. Yeah, no, really it's great talking it. to you guys, and we'll we'll figure out this number one pick. We we've got a few months to do it. No doubt about it. Thank you, sir. Jim Callis, always always great stuff with him. Appreciate him taking the time for us. And you know, as he said, the player specifically not a big deal one versus two, but he still comes back to you. But you still want to have the number one pick. You That's still... not to say that the Diamondbacks would be going under slot at two, and they might take a top guy and right. negate that difference for all we but know if the Orioles still, go that route, but sure. Still want to have number one, the most say. money that you possibly can of have course. for going into the draft. That's why it's still, even if you're not in love with any of these players, you still want to have the number one pick. Sure. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If uh, you are still bitter about the fact that you can't bet on sports yet this football season here in the state of Maryland, that can be negated a bit by playing Underdog Fantasy Football. Underdog is not just daily or weekly fantasy football contests or fantasy because they have other sports too. It's not just football. They got baseball, they got basketball, they got other options. It's not just the contest that you've grown accustomed to playing with some of these other companies over the years. Underdog has prop bets. Underdog has parlay games. Underdog has 1v1 stuff. They have all sorts of things that you can do at Underdog Fantasy Football, download the app, go to underdogfantasy.com, use the code PRESSBOX, deposit $10, and we're going to match it by giving you $10 to play with for free. If you don't deposit more than that, we're still going to give you the $10. Whatever you deposit, $10 and beyond, we give you $10. Underdogfantasy.com, the Underdog Fantasy Football app, that's what you need to do. Put the code PRESSBOX in. We'll hook you up with 10 bucks for free to play with when you deposit $10 or more. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get two bit to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors 
exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. (sighs) That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash Sports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 28th at the Bowman Restaurant on Harford Road in Parkville. It's all brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Express Exterior Design. And again, tonight we will be there with Adafi Owe as Tyus' special guest. Don't forget, $10 donation to the Golden Fight Children's Cancer Foundation. We'll get you an autographed 8x10 from Adafi. Autographs with Tyus are free for everybody who comes out. And pictures with both guys are free for everyone who comes out tonight to the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. Hopefully I'll have a... a little bit of voice at that point. That would be really pleasant for the Tyus Bowser show tonight at the Bowman. Looking forward to being there. All right. Uh, don't forget the next Pressbox Fantasy Football show is this Thursday, 1130 a.m. with KZ. It's brought to you by CCBC, the Maryland Department of Transportation and Glory Days Grill. Are you playing Chuba Hubbard? Kyle traded for him. I'm going to be playing him. Spoiler alert. Uh, this week, I would think you might be might be playing him. Obviously, the good news for Christian McCaffrey owners is that he did not go on IR. So the thought is that maybe not out as long as maybe we had feared uh, he would be out for. But we'll talk about all of that on the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show coming up this Thursday. Facebook.com slash PressboxSports, PressboxOnline.com slash radio. Tidbit brought to you today by Window Nation. Still a couple of days left for you to take advantage of this great deal Buy two free. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy two windows, get two free. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. Buy eight, get eight free. It goes on forever. There's no limit. Also, pay 0% interest for 24 months. 
866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to find out more. But that deal is only good through the end of September, so you got two more days. Take advantage of it. Tidbit of the day. We had discussed the notion of the Ravens evolving their passing offense, perhaps not meaning that they would be throwing the football more than Lamar Jackson to throw 31 times yesterday, but perhaps that when they did throw the football, they would be asking more of Jackson as far as the throws themselves. Through three weeks, that perhaps is borne out through the statistics. Lamar Jackson ranks second in all of football in deep pass attempts. That's passes that travel in the air more than 20 yards or 20 yards or more with 19 such attempts, one ahead of their opponent in week four, Teddy Mm. Bridgewater, who Mm. ranks third, Mm. number one in the league, Derek Carr with 22. Speaking of Derek Carr, through the first three games this season, Carr's 1,203 passing yards are fourth most all time. For four for three games by a quarterback behind only Kurt Warner, Tom Brady at number one, and Ryan Fitzpatrick at number two in that okay. 2018 season with the Bucks. Okay. Derrick Henry leads football in rush attempts, no surprise. His 63 carries dwarf that of any other runner in the league. In fact, no other runner has more than 38 really? carries. Huh. Through three weeks. Oh, excuse me. Over the last two weeks. I was going to say, say. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I lied. Over the last two weeks, Henry has 63 carries. Second Still. place with 38. There Still. are four runners in the last two weeks with at least 33. Four runners with at least 30. And, and running backs. In the last, yes. I think it's just rush attempts in general, though. But, but they uh, are all running backs. Okay. Nixon? Second place with 38. McCaffrey? No. Because he, he got hurt. hurt. Yeah. Doesn't help. Well, but I don't know. I doesn't help. Well, it, does, it certainly doesn't help. You're right about that. Kamara? Nope. Chubb. 33 for Nick Chubb. So I got Chubb. And Mixon. Mixon. It's all happening in Ohio. How, and how many more are there? Two. One more? Two more. Both with 36. Both with 36. Uh, yuck. Uh, it's probably not Zeke because he's been splitting time with Tony Pollard. It's not that we had a good amount of rushes last night. He did. Night. He did. Dalvin, no, they didn't play. That would affect it. Melvin Gordon's been splitting time. Antonio Gibson. Nope. Damian Harris. Nope. Uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Nope. Najee Harris. Nope. Now they throw the ball down. What am I talking about? Austin Eckler. Nope. DeAndre Swift. Nope. David Montgomery. Nope. Aaron Jones. 36 for Aaron Jones. Uh, Chris Carson. Nope. Melvin Gordon. Nope. Clyde Edwards Elaire. Nope. Javante Williams. No. I wish. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Lenny Fournette. Nope. I wish. Miles Sanders. Nope. Definitely not. He had two carries last night. Did he really? I didn't even. Well, I mean, they fell behind by a bunch too. Zach Moss. Nope. 
I don't even. Uh, uh, I feel like I've named every team. Nope. Saquon. Nope. Uh, Sony Michelle. No. Tyson Williams. No. Mike Davis. Nope. Cordero Patterson. No. Uh, uh, whoever's getting the carries in Houston. No. All right, I'm I'm running out of options here. Who am I? I uh, 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 Peyton Barber. Thirty-six. Yeah. For Peyton Barber. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, tidbit was also brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Stan and Ross were talking baseball last night. If you missed it, go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com. It's brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Tubular is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. It's available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, or read it all, pressboxonline.com. Marlon Humphrey's on the cover. Great cover story from Bo Smolka. Again, pressboxonline.com if you want to read it all, but you can pick it up for free anywhere where you get Pressbox in the region. Oof, oof, oof. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. The Orioles do indeed begin a series with the Boston Red Sox at home. Final home series of the season. Chris Sale, Bruce Zimmerman, the pitching matchup, 7 o'clock on Masson. Nationals, Rockies, 840 on Masson, 2. FS1, Phillies, Braves, 720. ESPN, Padres, Dodgers at 10. Big Ten Network for Rutgers and Maryland Soccer tonight at 7. UMBC Soccer hosts Delaware at 7 on America AmericaEast.tv. Champions League action today, so they'll show you no games on CBS Sports Network. You can find it on Paramount Plus, or you can watch the Golazo show and uh, bounce around. ESPN2, WNBA Playoffs, Chicago Sky, Connecticut Sun at 8. Phoenix Mercury, Vegas Aces uh, at 10. Some preseason hockey on NHL Network and WWE NXT at 8 on USA. Non-sports. Non-sports next episode of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, streaming now. Uh, HBO, something about horse racing at 8 o'clock. It's like a 30-minute documentary level the playing field. I'm not sure if this is always about horse racing, but tonight it's about horse racing. All right. Uh, American Crime Story on FX at 10. That beginning of that NBC show about the sinkhole at La Brea at 9 o'clock. They've been promoting that pretty heavily if you're interested. Hall is on Fallon. Ray Liotta is on Seth Meyers. Drew Carey is on Colbert. Lord knows why. Uh, stuff and things. Check it out at WenClarkRadio.com. All right. A couple things. One, the Ravens announced Haloti Nada is going into the Ring of Honor on October 11th. So um, Monday night game against the Colts. That'll be the night for Haloti Nada's Ring of Honor ceremony. Uh, and also they've elevated Josh Bynes to the 53-man roster. No, no word yet still about Le'Veon Bell. Thanks today to Jim Callis. Thanks to Salisbury Mayor Jake Day. And thanks also to... Um, uh, Tim Brando, who's calling Maryland, Iowa. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. I will not be here tomorrow because I will be jumping out of a plane. Stan the Fan will be in for me. You'll, of course, hear um, some of the Tyus Bowser show. I assume Drew would still join the show tomorrow. Yeah, I guess I that makes sense. why he wouldn't. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, stuff and things, things yeah. of course, stuff and things. 
Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, the Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad, lonely man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Diamondbacks. That's what we keep saying. Go Diamondbacks. Go UMBC and Maryland soccer. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.